Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of DPH Clinical. I am joined by the guys from Colorado Surgical Institute, but we're missing one, and we've added a new one that you may not have met before if you haven't been involved with CSI yet. Brisky is sick. We've got Dr. Tahir Dune, and we got Chris Richards, who is the executive director of CSI. And we're going to talk with Chris and Tahir about just the evolution of growing your practice into a surgical practice, because this is something that a lot of people want to do, and they want to kind of back off and bring on associates and maybe focus more on the surgery or just make a surgical-only practice. So we're just going to talk to Tahir and Chris about like their experience, and I'll just pass it to you, Tahir. Like, I mean, this was the practice you have today is not the practice you've always had. So I guess just start with that. Like, tell a little history on how that change happened and what it was like. When I acquired the practice seven years ago, it was a bread and butter acquisition. You know, the guy was doing a million bucks a year, referring everything out besides the teeth that were just flapping in the wind. I took over and I slowly started implementing things into the practice. As my surgical skill set grew, I started doing more and more, added Invisalign into the practice, started dabbling in a little bit of sleep apnea. But really what took things to another level was adding surgery into the business. So when we started adding surgery into the business, I started by doing like one arch a month or one arch every five months, you know, how a lot of people get into it and then they they find out that it's not as frequent as they want it to be. And so some people will actually just stop there and not go any further because it messes with the P&L. If you only do one case and then five months later you do another case, you just end up not being profitable with surgery and more complex surgeries. And so I hit my proverbial brick wall several times. And then I got to the point where maybe I was doing like two arches a month. And then Chris comes on board. I don't even know how we met. I mean, it was maybe you responded to some Indeed thing. And then we started talking and I was like, okay, well, this is completely not the direction we need to go with what I had in mind with Indeed is like something else is like immensely more possible with Chris when we started having these initial conversations. When Chris came on board, all of a sudden we started building an actual surgical program into the practice, how to intake the phone call from the patient, how to have these deeper conversations with people, the psychology of a person calling who's in need for some of these things. And, uh, and then fast forward to today with what he's built within the practice. I mean, I do maybe 12 to 15 arches a month. That's kind of all I do for the practice. I work two days a week clinically and I do the sedation stuff. And I got a couple of associates that run the general practice now. They do very well and I get to do the things I'm passionate about. And I think it all starts with the desire to want to do this. And then finding the right people who believe in this program and who have the skill set to kind of grow it. Because it's unique and it's a little outside of what traditional dentistry is. So I'll kind of pass it off to Chris and you know, I'd be interested to even hear, because we haven't had this conversation in a long time, kind of what your experience was like when you viewed the practice like through your lens of not ever being in dental. Well, Chris, why don't you introduce yourself first and like tell a little bit about your backstory and how you met with Dune and kind of what kind of set you up to be poised to do this sort of dental work, to work with dental specifically in the surgical practice. So why don't you do a little introduction? So I've got kind of an eclectic background, which I guess uniquely positions me to work in a marketing role within a dental practice and then kind of start helping to develop and run more complex projects like Colorado Surgical. The main background that made me kind of uniquely ready to go into marketing for a dental practice. I had no dental background, which honestly, I think was part of the benefit 
because I didn't come in with any kind of preconceived notions of how dental marketing looks and works. I applied some of the marketing skills and tips and tricks that I picked up in other industries and was able to apply that into dental or even just kind of came up and Dr. Dune and I, we like to improv quite a bit with trying new things. So it was cool to be like, hey, you tried a billboard? Hey, you tried a radio ad? Can I have some money to put towards a commercial? Stuff that I didn't know was going to work or not going to work within our certain market. So that's kind of the, the perspective that I came into it with. I also have a couple of degrees in psychology. So that also helped a little bit when it came time to developing our implant program. After talking about some of the procedures within his practice and where we can start focusing a lot of our investment on a higher return, I mean, it's, it's full arch implants all day, especially combined with someone who's a little bit more passionate about this level of work like Dr. Dune is. So kind of that market combined with the right infrastructure, which is what I was able to represent, combined with a passionate surgeon like Dr. Dune. It really was kind of the perfect storm when it came to developing and advancing a program like his. So, Tahir, just a question. You said you you found Chris through an Indeed ad. I mean, what exactly was the role that you were looking to fill? (laughs) It sounds like Chris kind of went above and beyond and gave you a little bit more than you were asking for, which is a good thing. (laughs) Yeah. Was I advertising for like a marketing role or what was the ad for? Do you remember, Chris? It was like marketing manager, marketing director, and it was just pretty basic stuff and stuff that I didn't want to do anymore. But honestly, during some of the first conversations with Dune, I got, he paints a really cool picture and I've not been disappointed here four years later about where he wants to go as a business guy. He started coming off more like a business guy who's also a dentist as opposed to the other way around. So... I joined on because I saw some of that potential for some growth and doing some cool stuff later on. So where did you start? Like, what was this process looking like? And I guess to give a little uh, backstory and, and some stories along the way, I guess. Starting as far as our implant program, with most of these programs, you're going to have to start with some sort of marketing, some lead generation. Well, we started discovering after we started Colorado Surgical, and we've been talking with hundreds of doctors now about some of their pain points. The majority of the doctors out there, they have a pretty decent idea about what marketing works within their area. Over the last couple of years, Dr. Dune and I have started All On Coaching, which is kind of a cool dynamic company where we coach other offices on how to not necessarily attract leads, but develop this program and connect with people. And during one of our courses, I was talking with an office manager out of Canada and just same kind of question, like, what do you do? And she runs newspaper ads in this rural community in Canada. And I was totally shocked. And this is all they spend. They spend like $800 a month and they do like 10 arches off of that. So once I started talking with office managers like that, I started realizing that the best place to start is not necessarily with the marketing because you can come and find a ton of other companies out there that are doing a really good job bringing those leads in. But what a lot of offices didn't have is a dedicated person to managing these very nuanced implant leads. They're different than somebody calling in wanting a crown or a filling or just some hygiene. We started realizing that it needs someone who's very dedicated to this or just one dedicated person to this. So that's kind of where we started. Once we 
found the niche. And like I said, we tried radio ads and billboards and flyers. And I mean, we'd go to local coffee shops. We, there was no end to what we tried to create for lead gen, but the leads started coming in. And so having that dedicated person that made the difference. And it has to be someone who doesn't necessarily have too many other roles within the company. Because if you give this type of position or these duties to someone in the front desk, they've got 20 other things. And trying to have quality connecting type of phone calls is something that they're not able to do. So that was really the major difference is how we started to connect with these patients over the phone. That made a big difference. But I think it's interesting that because I see it in a lot of dentists, they say, I tried this marketing. I knew it was going to be a big investment. I threw a bunch of money at it. I got leads, but they weren't the best. And then it's like, well, how much did we really focus on what we did with those leads and how we nurtured them and how did we move them along? And I can't think of many people that are talking much about this in our industry, just even in general, just how they do this. Everyone's kind of talking about how to do the procedure rather than how do we move people along to say yes to what is a high dollar treatment and a significant investment for the patient. What would you say about that in your experience and where did you start and how did that evolve when you found something that worked? I think you're right. That is the big difference that we started noticing as well, is that these doctors are coming in to, to see courses like Colorado Surgical and they're getting all this experience and they have the leads coming in. And so that pain point is right in the middle. And so that bridge really comes down to the conversation that you're having at the onset. Typically, these conversations are not anything shorter than 20, 15, 20 minutes. We did develop a fairly substantial format for them. We don't have any scripts because when you're working with human beings, there's no way to script this kind of connection. But it really starts talking with a combination of some unique things to say with some personality type of considerations, being able to emphasize with someone, being able to validate their journey. Most of the time when patients come in talking about their lack of teeth, lack of smile, they think they're very unique. Even though it's the 13th phone call that I've had or my team's had, you have to make sure that the patient on the other end thinks that this is the first time you've ever heard their story, when in reality, this is the hundredth time you've ever heard this very unique component to their story. We also talk a lot about the cadence of a conversation, making sure that there's a, you know, you slow your tone or you match your tone within those conversations and giving them this opportunity to really be heard. For most patients, Talking about not having teeth, not being able to eat, not being able to smile, this is something that they have hit. They list this with their top shames and top guilt of their life. So being able to give them this opportunity to be heard has nothing to do with dental, has nothing to do with a close, but this is the first time that they've ever got the opportunity to talk with someone about why they need this in the first place. And so we pay a lot of attention to stuff like that. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Ty here doing with Colorado Surgical Institute. Dr. Brisky and myself have really enjoyed doing these podcasts with Dr. Etch and talking about everything clinical. So keep your guys' feedback coming. It really helps us curate what we're going to be talking about on the podcast. If you want to learn how to do live patient surgeries and actually do the work yourself with the guidance of Dr. Brisky and myself, come out and see us. We're in northern Colorado. We're just north of Denver, and we can have you do anything from single implants to wisdom teeth to IV sedation to oral sedation, bone blocks and GBR 
and sinus lifts, vertical and lateral, and full arch with the whole digital workflow using photogametry, 3D printers, mills, and all of the above. So we're here to help. Reach out to us. You can call Chris Richards, our director, at 970-420-6148, and he will definitely have a hero discount for you guys because we love Paul and we love DPH. So what kind of, just if wondering if you would share one, what's mm-hmm. a good way to transition that initial phone call from, hey, do you guys do this procedure in moving it into a more of a emotional story to get the patient yeah. to open up about how it's affecting them? Yeah, that's a good question. Majority of the time they do just kind of want to call in and figure out a cost point and financing after that. And sometimes we do launch into it. I know it's we, we try to be very transparent, especially with something this high. And most of the time, the costs are fixed, so we can share that information. And it doesn't scare a lot of people away, believe it or not, because we are able to make a transition. One of the transitions that has worked really, really well for us, I know that a lot of times you just want to call and find out what the numbers are. But at our practice in Greeley, we're more focused on who you are as a person. So I would love to hear your more of your dental journey. Mm-hmm. And then I just shut up yeah. and then they kind of assigned that. So by us saying, want to hear your journey, this is the first time anyone's ever said, I want to hear why your mouth sucks. I want to hear why your life is so depressing. Mm-hmm. And then, then kind of that, that dental journey line is so ambiguous. People just start plugging it in. That's when we've got 65 year old truckers crying or women talking about their domestic violence situations that led them to not having their teeth anymore is really, if I were to pin it down to a one liner, which I don't like doing, that would be the major one that the team uses that works more often than not. Yeah. Tahara, what would you say like what's from, from hiring Chris, was this a completely different approach than you were taking before at your practice? Yeah. Before what we were doing is I would just pick someone who was making 17 back then 17 was good 17 bucks an hour and just say okay if this phone call comes in for an implant lead your primary if you're busy it goes to this person goes to this person and like he said it just they either have time for that call or they don't and even if the person is qualified if they don't have time for the call and they're busy it comes across on the phone like they're busy if you listen to these phone calls it's like hey this is so and so from Greeley Dental Care how can I help you today and then they Some people will try to have this type of vulnerable conversation. And if you don't make space for it, it shuts them down. And for people who are in this position, if they've been shut down so many times before that they just retreat away, it's almost like you're gone. And then what I've noticed then from doing consults before to doing consults later is when they come into the consultation, they're like happy to meet you. They launch right into the story. They they fill in all these things that they wouldn't otherwise share. So you walk into the room and it's like, whoa, they are already primed for this vulnerable conversation. And then you got to allocate time for the consultation. So you are present for that conversation because you can't need to be in 20 places at once. On my administrative days, when I do consultations and I don't have to be in a surgery, I'm closing cases left and right because I'm there and just listening. And I'm genuinely there. Like I'm not worried about this case over here, or that's prosthetic over there. I'm just there, which really helps. And so that's one of the harder things it was to do for me was to carve out a day or a half a day or start somewhere for consultations. 
And then you can do post ops and some other small things or CEO time to try to like multitask it as much as you can if you're someone who needs to be busy like me. But if you don't and you just like to have these like conversations, like this is the thing to do. You can just talk with people and really make them feel validated in their story. And a lot of people, as soon as you're like, hey, you know, like you're not alone in this, it's just people don't smile and they don't show their teeth and they don't go out. So it just feels like you're isolated on this island by yourself, but you're not alone. We just confuse people as unhappy, but they just don't want to be embarrassed. And you'll see them shake their head being like, oh shit, yeah, this guy knows what he's talking about. This guy's done this a lot and he's helped a lot of people because he's connecting with my problem. He understands the problem in the way that I feel it out in the world. And then when that happens, then obviously you got to have the clinical skill set to deliver on the promises made. That's a lot of clinicians are good at doing that. We can go get trained and we can go get the experience to technically do the procedure. But being able to hold space for someone like I, I came out of a, a full arch case. This happened like last month. So even in my like more polished version of myself now, still make mistakes. Assistant comes in, tells me this patient's feeling pain. I'm like, oh, yeah, she's a past drug user. Of course, she's going to feel pain. So I come in the room, she has her brand new teeth in, she's talking about this pain. And I try to like say, oh, by the way, your nerve receptors are probably messed up because of your past narcotic use. You know, I don't say it like that, but that's like how it comes across. And I completely shit all over the situation. And she had to stop me and be like, hey, like, you're making me feel really judged right now and so on and so forth. And we had this vulnerable conversation. I was like, hey, I I almost want to like leave the room and come back in. And like, can we reset? Like, Mm -hmm. I did not mean for it to be that way. I totally like, hey. And she was like, I know what you tried to do was explain why I'm hurting, but you just completely ruined this moment for me that I was been waiting for like for a decade, uh, you know? Yeah. And so even in this current situation where I'm, I'm experienced, I still make mistakes. And I came out of a surgery and I was like tired and I just word vomited the rationale and the logic. And this is not a left brain type of conversation. This is a right brained place to be. And then when they give you the opportunity to be left-brained, then you can go and be left-brained. Yeah. I want to come back to something that you said is that you mentioned when you were empathizing, empathizing. I don't know why that, that word's hard for me to say. I never, never said it right. But anyway, when you were doing that thing that I can't say, with the patient, <laughs> you said a lot of people that they feel isolated, but you said that they come off as unhappy, but really they're just embarrassed. And I've never thought of it that way. And this is not only just like full health mouth rehab. This is malocclusion. This is anything cosmetic. And I wonder if mm-hmm. the patients, they probably relate to it because they're like, yes, deep down, they feel like they're not showing up as their authentic self as much as they would want to. And I'm thinking about this one person. We were on a golf trip and there was this golf cart girl with the biggest snaggle tooth ever. Man, it was like coming. <laughs> it was like the first thing that came in the room when she came in. And like, but she was so enthusiastic and smiley. It was like, you didn't even care, but it was so unusual to see somebody with that sort of smile be so outgoing. And I remember thinking that, man, look at that girl that's got teeth coming out sideways and she just owns it and doesn't care. How cool is that? But that's not the usual. The norm is most people would be like, I don't even know they have bad teeth, but I just think they're just kind of smug and mush and unhappy. People confuse them as unhappy. Yeah. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It's so rare to see someone with a tooth that's like off that just is like showing everything and just out there for the whole world to see. Yeah. Yeah. Anything you want to add to that, Chris? The real thing with that is sometimes 
if they've been a dentalist or they got that gnarly snaggle going on, they've adapted their personality and their identity around that one feature of their life. And so sometimes they do really become that unhappy kind of ugly person when in reality they don't always feel like that, but now it's their identifying characteristic. Yeah. And that's, that's really interesting. That's, having that idea that that is the majority of the patients coming in that helps you on the consult side and from the provider perspective, building this new life and this new dream based off of who they used to be or who they want to see themselves as. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think there's more to this conversation. We're coming up on time and we're going to have to part one, part two, this thing, but this is coming out, right? We're here in the new year in January. What's coming up for you guys at CSI? Well, we just came off a half day meeting here to actually talk about 2024. I'm going to pass it off to Chris because he knows this stuff way better than I do. But yeah, we have a lot of good stuff coming. Yeah, we are really excited about 2024. We're going to keep very busy and we're going to keep everybody out there really busy in their own practices. So we've got the our flagship, kind of our Canon procedures, full arch implants and single implants for some of the uh, doctors who are looking to get started, and then wisdom teeth extractions. We are also going to be developing or finishing developing with a couple of amazing educational partners. Towards the middle of the year, we're going to have a digital workflow course coming out. This is how to not only just convert your office from an analog to a digital but also how to stain and glaze and do the artistic components. We'll go over the whole myriad of different scanning techniques. So this one's going to be really comprehensive. Personally, I'm really excited about this course. We are also going to be integrating sinus, both vertical and lateral sinus lift courses and block grafting courses into our full arch courses in June and then again in November. So we are welcoming doctors who have been doing this for a decade, uh, doctors who are, came out of school last May, and even those docs who are looking just to pick up on a smaller, individual, ancillary type of component to some of these procedures to 2024 with CSI. Very awesome. Well, check that out at coloradosurgicalinstitute.com. We will finish this in two weeks. At the next episode, we'll do a part two. All right, take care, everybody. See you later. Hey, everybody. This is Dr. Dune from Colorado Surgical Institute. Just wanted to give you guys a shout out and let you know about the program. We have full arch surgeries. We have lateral sinus lifts. We have block grafting courses all done in one weekend with the whole digital workflow with photogametry units, scanners, 3D printers, milling, you name it. Anything regarded to full arch, we cover in depth. We also have a PGCA course. What that is, it's the Postgraduate Clinical Accelerator course where we are gonna be covering wisdom teeth, single implants, and it can be complex single implants with vertical sinus lifts. We'll also be covering full arch extractions with ridge reduction, bone grafting, PRP, suturing, and we also will have a course on socket preservation. So if you guys are interested in any of those courses, please reach out to us at Colorado Surgical Institute the code is